0: everybody and welcome to this week's episode of The Break. I am Father Roderick, your host, podcasting from a very, very wet Holland. The weather has turned and I was greeted this morning with inundations in my kitchen. I've got a leaky roof and oh boy, there is no better way to uh, wake up than that. welcome to all of you that are part of my community and also welcome to all of you that are watching this or listening to this for the first time I'm father Roderick a priest in the Netherlands I am a huge geek Star Wars fan and and more and and this is my weekly show and I chat about well about store Star Wars about uh, movies and TV shows and about a whole lot of other things just take a listen see if you like this and if you do and if you're watching this on YouTube for instance and Give this uh, this uh, stream a like. Uh, make sure to subscribe also to this channel because I'm going to do a lot of um, live streams in the weeks to come because, of course, Andor, the new Star Wars television series is just around the corner. It's premiering on Wednesday and, well, of course, I'm going to do shows about that as well. So, uh, but before we begin, let me first welcome a few new patrons. Um, I want to say, I, I want to... Bring a warm welcome to Drew Walden, to Eddie, Nathan Gandy, Fiona Boss, my sister, and to Marc Desjardins, I hope, I, I pronounce that the French way, Desjardins, maybe on in English, but I like the French way, it's a beautiful name, Desjardins, it means of the garden. So thank you so much for becoming a part of my Patreon community, those are the people that are, enable me to do this work, because, well, I'm not paid by the Pope. So I rely on my audience, on you, um, and and also a huge thank you to some of you who have upped their uh, their contribution on Patreon and moved to another tier. So I've got fair, different t- tiers starts at two fifty, and then you can go five or ten or even more. And so a big thank you to to Jody Flood, to Bob McWilliams, and to Veronique who have all upped their tier, your uh, financial support is of huge value to me and enables me to do what I love to do. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. Face it, Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Uh, This morning was not fun. So I wake up, I go down the stairs. I'm a bit drowsy because uh, I had lots of dreams and I'm still trying to get my bearings, make a cup of coffee. And then while I'm making my cup of coffee, I'm hearing drip, 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 drip. drip. And at first I'm thinking, you know, it's probably outside because it's raining. The weather has turned. seems like autumn is here, finally. And we finally get some rain, which was so necessary because we have had weeks, if not months, of dry weather and nature was really suffering. So uh, very welcome, this rain. But then I'm thinking, you know what? This is coming from my left. There is a door that goes to a a small room with a door that goes outside. Usually I've got my bike there. And so I open the door and the entire floor is wet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and I look at the ceiling, and there's water coming from the light. From I just bought this new, like IKEA set of three spotlights, and uh, and and there was water dripping from it. So oh no! Turns out they're working on a, an extension of the parish building next to where I live, and the 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 people that are working there had opened the roof because they need to extend the roof, but they forgot to cover it. Even though they, we warned them. We said, to them, "Hey, you need to cover that roof because when it starts to rain, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. No, don't you worry." And then they didn't, and so now my my ceiling is completely ruined, and it's it's an old building, so it's the ceilings are are um, made of uh, looks like like chicken wire, and then it's um, it's done with uh, uh, kind of like concrete deposit, and it's, it's like, it's really old-fashioned, and the problem is that once it starts leaking, you all that rust from the chicken wire that starts to seep into the, the ceiling and into the walls, and that's so when now my walls are brown, and it's, oh, we just painted the thing, and then, of course, it's gonna rain for a, a few more days, so it's not gonna dry anytime soon, so yeah, it's so one of those mornings where you're, like, Oh, I just want to go back to bed. I want to forget about it. Can we reboot this day? Can we just do control alt delete? <laughs> but uh, no, unfortunately, I couldn't because it's, I'm recording this on a Sunday. And so I have to go and, and celebrate mass. And <laughs> So I spent most of my morning, instead of having a nice calm breakfast, I spent my morning like, like mopping the floor and 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 trying to get rid of most of the water, I had to find a, a bucket because, of course, it, they it wasn't fixed at the time. But I had to leave, so I, I was like, okay, I don't want to. <laughs> and then I had I've used that part of the of the house also for to store the my my book. I, I wrote a book a couple of years ago called Geek Priest. Because so I still have a, a number of boxes with with extra copies, um, and I put them there because you know why not and so the thankfully there's a little bit of an indentation in the floor so the water hadn't reached those books yet so i had to <laughs> take out all these heavy boxes and put them to another another room and thankfully i was able to save those books because if those had gotten wet of course that's all paper paper carton boxes the the water would have seeped all the way up and destroyed all those books so man that was that was terrible anyway it's just, it's just what's happening. Uh, what I do like about this kind of weather is that cozy times are here again. It's getting colder. It's getting darker in the evening. This is the time that I like to just cuddle up and, uh, and watch Star Wars because, oh my gosh, I'm so looking forward to Endor. To We're going to talk about that in a movies and TV show segment, but this is, this is my, the perfect weather to, to watch TV and drink hot chocolate and play video games. And I really missed doing that during the summertime because it was so warm. And here in the Netherlands, we don't have air conditioning, at least not in, in most houses. And so it was just too warm to watch TV or play video games. But now the weather is turning and I'm, like, I am so looking forward to to the winter times. Uh, the only downside is I, I don't want to turn on the heat yet because energy prices and gaming itself is also quite expensive because electricity is so expensive so we need to talk about that in the tech segment later on in this show uh if there are solutions to that but but first of all let's talk about movies and tv shows let's talk about star wars <laughs> I do not like movies they're predictable like the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and darth vader is luke's father not liking movies is like not liking puppies They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. Now, of course, we had Disney Plus Day last week, uh, and that was linked to the D23 um, convention, which was funny enough, also in Anaheim, where they had the Star Wars celebration. It was so crazy to see all the photos of the panels and everything, and it looked just like the Star Wars celebration. I was there. And the only difference is this was about Disney. This was about much more than Star Wars. There was Star Wars. But I had such a strong deja vu uh, moment. And it's one of those times that you regret not living n- nearer by. Like it's literally on the other side of the planet for me. <laughs> but I was so happy to be there for the Star Wars celebration. And I'm, I think that people that went to D23 must have had a fantastic time just meeting the actors and the creators of all these wonderful stories. And also being present at the premiere of some really cool trailers for upcoming Star Wars projects. Andor, of course, lots, lots of Andor because that's that's starting this week. Um, Tales of the Jedi, they finally showed the trailer. Now, I had already seen uh, an entire episode of Tales of the Jedi. Uh, Dave Filoni showed it to, uh, to us exclusively. It's never been posted anywhere else. And they're going to post all the episodes at once, so you can binge watch it. And we were blown away. What I didn't know at the time was that, in fact, Tales of the Jedi is going to be... Um, so it's very short stories. It's usually stuff that Dave Filoni was making up while he was commuting to his work. And, and the stories were too small to do like a, a separate animated series or let alone like a movie or TV show uh, project. But he still liked those stories. So he pitched it like, can we do like a compilation um, uh, of, of these stories and, and just create small self-contained animated stories? And he got the green light. And that's what they did. And half of the stories is going to be about uh, Ahsoka and Ahsoka's you know, untold stories. And the other one's going to be about Doku or Dooku and about that time of the prequels, which I think is very smart because there is a huge audience... Um, that has grown up with the prequels. That that's their Star Wars. For me, the original trilogy of Star Wars, because I'm a little bit older than a lot of Star Wars fans, but for for the new generation of Star Wars fans, the prequels that's how they that's what they grew up with. And so, getting more stories about Dooku, about Anakin, about Obi Wan, about the Jedi around the time of the prequels, I think that that's a very smart idea. And then, of course, Ahsoka's fan favorite, and we are all like eagerly awaiting more news from the Ahsoka show, the television show, which when I was in, in Anaheim, they had just begun filming. And even though they had just started filming, they'd only had a couple of days of shooting, they were already showing us uh, a, a very quick, quickly edited, uh, put-together um, trailer for Ahsoka, and we were blown away. It looked so good. And the thing is, uh, they, so they showed us Andor, they showed us the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. They showed us Tales of the Jedi. They showed us Ahsoka. They showed us some glimpses of um, the new show with, uh, about the kids that got lost. Or at least we got some artwork about that. And it all got us so excited. And then, then we saw the premiere of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I was like, hmm, that, that looks very television-like. And now, of course, now we've seen the entire series. But it's, it's funny that already at the time, Obi-Wan Kenobi looked kind of like a low-budget production compared to what they were, were working on. And now that we've seen all those trailers, oh my gosh. I, what I like about it, I, I feel sorry about Obi-Wan Kenobi that they didn't have a bigger budget. Plus, they were so limited about what they could do during COVID. And I think they, they did a terrific job in storytelling, but I really, really, really hope that they will do another, like a second season for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but then do it in the same way that Andor is done or like other Star Wars franchises that or stories that they're currently working on. I think that even McGregor, Hayden Christensen, they deserve like an, an upscale production. And well, why not? Anyway, What I do like about this whole trend is that we see that Disney is getting better. They are listening to the fans. They are upping their game every time. The stories get better, production value get better. And I think they get a better feel of what they want with Star Wars. The downside of that is that it also sometimes results in cancelling. And that was the big news earlier this week, that the much-hyped Rogue One television show that was uh, uh, going to be helmed by the director of um, of Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins. They apparently shelved that project. I was like, what? Wait, what? That was such a brilliant idea to do an entire Star Wars movie about these rebel pilots. There is a... there is a, an, a a series of books that was written. It's now part of the Legends series, but that was written of uh, in in the context of this expanded universe long before uh, we got the prequels and and, and the sequels. And um, and some of those novels were really fan favorites. So having a movie version of that type of dynamic, yeah, that sounded awesome. Plus, I think that um, Patty also had like a personal. Interest in, in telling a story like that because her her father was a, a I think a navy pilot or something like that. Anyway, she was very familiar with the milieu of of those pilots, and, and and then it got it just got shelved. So apparently that's not going to be the next Star Wars movie. They they told us that with um, the other Star Wars movie that we heard about. Helmed by Taika Waititi, who had just finished production, uh, post production on on Thor: Love and Thunder, um, that that movie wasn't ready yet. That they had just started pre production, which is kind of interesting because they've been talking so for so long about that movie. So apparently, that is still going to take a long time. But the 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 rogue the rogue squadron movie was scheduled for next year for December, and now it's all up in the air. I have a theory about why they make these changes. Uh, but first of all, I want to talk about Andor a little bit. So we get this three-episode premiere. I was invited to go to the premiere in the Netherlands, like the red carpet premiere. But it's uh, unfortunately, it's on the other side of the country. It's, it's north of Amsterdam. It's very far away. Um, and I'm much more to the southeast of the country than I used to be. And so I saw that the 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 whole thing was going to start late in the evening so I'd be back after midnight I just I cannot I cannot do that because it will derail me for the rest of the week so unfortunately I'm not going to that premiere plus kind of the, it's different than a movie premiere I I mean I love movie premieres because you get you know all the all the hype and nobody has seen it yet but this the, this premiere in the Netherlands is going to be at the same time as the premiere on Disney+, Plus, so I can already watch it at home, in the comfort of my own home. So, yeah, I, no. Unfortunately, because I like to go to Star Wars events, especially in the Netherlands, because it's, it's pretty rare that we have stuff like that. But, well, maybe next time. So, But a lot of reviewers have already seen, not three, but four episodes of Andor, and the first reactions are all very positive. It's, it's all like it's super realistic. It's uh, it's very different from anything else that they've done on TV right now, and it's very close to Rogue to uh to Rogue One, which it should be because of course it's a it's it's a, it's a prequel story to this. But it, from the looks of it, it is the most cinematic television series so far. So that is very cool. Um, and so uh, we we. I hope that that this is going to help them understand that this is what we want as Star Wars fans. We want cinematic television. And we didn't get it with Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it deserved it. And, and that were doing the series wasn't bad, but the story was too good for the way they executed it, I think. So, um anyway, uh and this this brings me to a theory that I have and and let me know in the comments if this is something that you uh that that you agree with, or, or maybe there are other reasons, but but w- why was Rogue Squadron cancelled? Um, and and they don't seem to have anything to replace it with. So Taika Waititi, very busy director, um, that's still up in the air. And then of course there was this this long rumored trilogy uh, from what's his name, the guy who did uh, the script for um, for the Last Jedi. Ah, uh, why can't I come up with that name right now? But anyway, you know who I mean. Uh, and apparently, so he's been in the news lately saying, you know, that's not shelved. That's I hope, I hope that that's still something we're going to do in the future. But but there is no sign whatsoever that that, that is in production right now. So um, the, the thing is, when I was at the, the Star Wars celebration, at one point... During one of the panels, I forget which one it was. I think it was the Andor panel, actually. So Kathleen Kennedy's talking about the challenges of making the migration from these movies and these tentpole movies to the television era. Um, so they 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 wanted to give us a mo- Star Wars movie every year. They wanted to go the Marvel route, but of course, the kind of the lackluster success of, of Solo derailed those plans. And so that put everything on hold. Then we got COVID and the launch of Disney+, Plus, which couldn't have come at a better moment for Disney. Because of COVID, everybody was at home and that platform just skyrocketed. And it's still going so strong. Um, yeah, and of course they raised their prices and everything <laughs> because they're heavily investing in this. This is going to be their big moneymaker for the future. Uh, but then all of a sudden we stopped hearing about movies. And so when Andor... Uh, was shown to us. Kathleen Kennedy was talking. You know what? We we've been wanting to to give this whole television production, like the whole Star Wars production of these new stories. We want to bring it into the same kind of uh, production uh, routine as as the Marvel movies. But let's not forget the Marvel franchise is such a success because of Kevin Feige. He is, he is helming that, and he's got a very clear clear view what he wants with Marvel, how he's going to organize it, and so he is really at the helm and make sure that there's continuity. And that's why we are now in Phase 3, and this is still going strong. And Kathleen Kennedy then says, a bit of an offhanded comment, but I was like, huh, interesting. She's we're looking for someone like that, meaning Kevin Feige, for Star Wars. And she added we're in talks with someone and it's but we're not there yet but we 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 hope that we have found a good one and that's all she said and you know what i've never seen any article expand upon that so so apparently that was just an offhand remark maybe she didn't even want to say is that but but she and i was like whoa so that that's big that's huge if they are actually already in talks with someone who could be what Kevin Feige is for Marvel, but then for Star Wars. That of course that person is gonna be pivotal to the future of Star Wars under the under the the, the, the umbrella of Disney. And it, that person will determine the choices that they're gonna make. What to do, what to expand upon, what to invest in, and whatnot. And of course, this has to take into account what has already worked and also what Kind of didn't really work so far. And, and that is going to be of a major influence on the movie choices as well. Now, who is going to be that person? Is it going to be one of the people that we already know? One of the usual suspects? I don't think it's going to be Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is a storyteller. And he should have his time for that. So he's not like an overall manager of the Star Wars franchise, even though he's he's very much the golden child raised by 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 George Lucas himself in a certain way. But he's not he's not a George Lucas type of guy. He just made his first steps in into directing live action. I don't think he wants that. And and honestly, I I think it would be a big mistake to put him at the helm. You know, in a Kevin Feige kind of position. So who else? Who else can they? Is it going to be Favreau? I don't think so. I think Favreau is great, and he loves Star Wars, and he's super successful, and it must, you know, give him a, a, a good income as well. But I still think that he is way too, you know, broadly interested for to go just Star Wars. I think that he's he's someone who always wants to do lots of other projects, and of course, if you become the next Ken Faye, that's not going to happen. So who else is going to be this? Is it, could it be could it be Patty? Is that why they they didn't go through with the movie? Is it because she's actually kind of upping her game and bec- is she going to be the 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 big leader of the Star Wars universe story-wise? Now that would be a reason to 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 shelve a movie. She will be super busy. I, it's, just it's just a thought. Or could it be the, the director, I forgot his name, who's currently directing the Andor uh, series? Andor uh, sup- was supposed to be just, was no, not just, was supposed to be five seasons long. Five years of Andor. And then they just last year decided, well, you know what? let's do two years. Let's max and let's compress the timeline that we planned for, for four seasons. Let's compress it into one season. They're super excited about what he did with Andor. The fans are are loving it. There's like, this is my star Wars. This is what we need. And it, for the first time, Andor, I think brought together both the disgruntled star Wars people who didn't like what they did with the sequels. Um, and the Star Wars fans like me, who basically likes everything. So are they going to put him in charge? I, I don't know. I'm just so intrigued, but I can't I can't, I can't not think that the fact that they shelved Rogue Squadron has to do with this new leadership, and maybe that person has already been chosen, and maybe that's what we're, that we're going to hear about next year in London. I'm going to be there, too, at the London. Star Wars celebration, and they cannot do a Star Wars celebration in London if they have nothing to announce. I, I think they they want to do something big. They need to. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. Why would they otherwise have said we're going to do uh, the Star Wars celebration in London within a year of having had the the, the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim? We've heard nothing about movies in Anaheim. So I'm thinking they must have something under wraps. And I would not be surprised if, actually, I would be very disappointed if we're not going to hear about that in London next year. It's only a few months from now. It's, oh, it's going to be such an exciting year for Star Wars. Anyway, let me know in the comments what you think. I'd love to hear your theories. And uh, no matter what happens, there's going to be a ton of Star Wars in the near future. <laughs> Catholics rock! It's time for a short visit to the Peculiar Bunch. This is the place where you can ask anything you always wanted to know about priests and the Catholic Church, but you were afraid to ask. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No oh, meat? What do they eat, light bulbs? I often take for granted that, you know, everybody knows why... I do what I do as a priest and how mass is celebrated, but in fact, nobody knows. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than blockbuster videos. <laughs> so while I'm while I'm doing this show and I'm talking about Star Wars, I'm getting all excited. I'm, I'm looking at the chat right now and they're like there's a, a small live audience that are watching this on my YouTube channel and they're talking about public transport in Sweden. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> are we in the same universe right now? Uh, anyway, that's that's fine. I'm sure public transport in Sweden is great. It, it usually is in this part of the world. But anyway, <laughs> feel free, feel free. You, you talk about, you know, isn't Tashi Station somewhere in Sweden as well? Um, so anyway, uh, this morning I had a very... A uh, special mass. I had to go to venendal which is a town. Um, well, it's actually the, one of the farthest places to where I have to go. Normally, I go by bike, but this morning I was so tired from mopping the floor. So <laughs> like I took the took my car, went there, and it was a was a special occasion because it is um, it's a mass that we do that we organized specifically for people who never go to church, and that are just or maybe just like once a year Christmas time or something like that. And so we did like this effort to reach a lot of people in the town to come over and just bring your friends. And you know what? We will make you feel right at home. We'll explain everything we do. It's going to be, there's going to be cake afterwards and coffee. It's going to be great. So uh, it's going to be really good music. And um, I love it that that local community, I've done a lot of those celebrations in other places as well. This was the first time in that town that they did this. Um, and I was I was really happy to see that how much effort locally they'd put in into inviting people because the church was full. That that doesn't happen very often. It was a really a packed church. Lots of kids. We had like 25 children, which is really rare. And normally we you would have that number of kids, maybe during first communion mass, but that that's about it. Or or maybe a Christmas Mass for families or something like that. But, but 25 kids, that was wow. And so I spend a lot of time um, making first thing I do, and normally don't do that, is like introduce yourself to the people around you, and remember that name because you, I will I will test you on that later on, and then of course later on in the mass I had people greet each other. as just creating community, like I do here in in, in when I'm uh, streaming this. Uh, I always invite people to introduce yourself, tell, tell the other people in the chat your name and where you're from and what the weather is, and and and. Tell us about your public transport in Sweden because we'd love to hear about that. <laughs> but it's 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 a way to kind of break the ice, and then during the mass, several times there are people explaining. So now the priest is doing this, but that actually means this and this and this. And you know what was funny afterwards? I got so many comments, not just from newcomers, but also from you know my own Catholic parishioners. It was like. Oh, we never knew that. <laughs> and then we only scratched the surface. we were only, you know, minor things that we explained. Otherwise, of course, it's going to take forever. But I'm thinking, you know, we should do that everywhere because we take it for granted that people understand the symbolism, but they don't. And it's similar to what I do on TikTok with explaining religious symbolism in movies and in anime. Like, I, I watch a um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I'm thinking, oh, obviously this refers to this, and this is a symbol for this. And then I do a video about it on TikTok, and like like hundred thousand people are like, what? Why didn't anyone ever tell us that? So I'm thinking there's so much work to be done, and I think it's it's not just important for for Christians, but this is this is also part of your, like your cultural identity we we live most of us live in 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 countries with christian roots that go back to the middle ages you know and so there's a lot in our culture and in our art and in our music that we don't really value if we don't understand where it comes from and so i see that as one of the things that i that i that i feel called to do is um of course here during the podcast i'm i'm hopefully just a companion someone who's entertaining and talks about stuff that you you like to talk about right but I also think that my I, another role that I have on social media is to be a teacher and to to explain and to explain it in a fun way not a boring way like okay today dear children I have 10 points and then so we'll start with point one point a paragraph one open your books please no nobody cares for that but i try to do it like short and and with energy and and hopefully also fun and so i'm thinking you know what (laughs) i i i should i should revive this 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 tradition of of explaining stuff here in, in on my podcast as well and and i like to be able to talk about movies and technology and food but also about churchy things because not because it's like oh but you thought you were you were watching the Star Wars priest but in fact actually <laughs> I'm a dark side is that I try to convert you to Catholicism I don't know why I use a Scottish accent all of a sudden but anyway it's not about that it's because I think that this is this is important to know the culture that you're a part of and it's when you learn about these Christian rituals and symbolism and all that, it will help you to... Under, because it's storytelling. Faith is storytelling. It's all about... You know, even liturgy, what I do in church, it's storytelling. I'm not using words all the time. I'm also using rituals and symbols and objects and stuff. But if you don't explain the sense of the story, then all that symbolism becomes opaque. And, and it's like, well, that's that's nonsensical. Why is that? And so, as... As much as I, I love talking about Star Wars, I think it's important also to to kind of talk about... Well, Star Wars has a ton of religious references. Like, I'm currently watching um, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, and I'm now in the third season. And there's so much obvious symbolism in like of these religious moments of the, 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 the cultists around the Sith. You know, you've got Maul and you've got, on the one hand... And then you've got Ezra, who is, and, and then they've got these, whatever, like cubes, like Jedi cubes and Sith cubes, and, and it's all about enlightenment, and there's kind of like, almost like this, this visionary moment, and it's about, so what happens if we know the future and how would that, like those are age-old questions that are, that are part of theology, part of philosophy, and I'm, I bet you that a lot of Star Wars fans who are watching that, they have no clue where those ideas come from. And and that struck me very much when I was watching the first. Um, sorry, I'm bringing this back to Star Wars, but uh, when I was watching the first episode of Tales of the Jedi, and it was this uh, this origin story of Ahsoka. So you see her as a as a baby, and then the the way that story is told, and then the commentary that Dave Filoni gave afterwards on why he told the story the way he did. I'm thinking, you know what, Dave Filoni, <laughs> you're, you clearly have it, are from Italian descent. This is so. Uh, I don't know if it's it's deliberate or if it's just part of your of your upbringing or or your. But this, there's so many Catholic elements in his thinking, and that influences his storytelling, and 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 so you understand better what he's trying to convey if you also understand the back the cultural and religious background where these stories come from. So that, that's what I do, and well, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? Uh, my reading list has become even bigger. I've already shared with you how much listening to the audiobook of uh, Light of the Jedi has has improved my, my enjoyment of uh, what they're trying to do with uh, the High Republic. Um, but... Uh, I, I'm also reading lots of other stuff. I'm so happy to have found kind of a science fiction-y type of uh, young adult series. This was on sale the other day on uh, on the Amazon store, so I impulsively bought, like, the whole trilogy. It's called the, the Scythe, The Ark of a Scythe Trilogy. I'd never heard of it, but it was just $1.99. It got good reviews, $1.99 per book. And so I, like, order, 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 and then I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, I... I also have a subscription to Storytel, which is a Swedish company for all you Swedish listeners here. It's it's one of the best things out, that comes out of Sweden, uh, next to you and, and next to IKEA, and Swedish meatballs. Uh, but it's 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 a, it's a something. It looks it's a bit like Audible, but but it's much cheaper than Audible. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, oh wait a minute. So I look it up, and lo and behold, the entire trilogy is available for free. On storytelling, so I asked for a refund on the Amazon books, and I started to read the first book yesterday, and it's intriguing. I was like, "Oh, I love this! I, I'm going to read this. This is going to be my next trilogy." Um, so it tells a story um, of a, a, a future or near future world. Let me look the look up the the blurb here on the website. Um. So, this is, um, in, 20, in 2021, this was uh, selected as the best young adult book of all time by Time Magazine. Okay, <laughs> for what it's worth. So, here's the, here's the blurb. Two teens must learn the art of killing in this Prince Honor winning book. The first in the chilling new series from Neil Shusterman, author of the New York Times bestselling Unwind Distology. What is it, Dystology? I've never heard of that. Is that a dystopian trilogy? A dystopian? I don't know what that is. Anyway, a world with no hunger, no disease, no war, no misery. Humanity has conquered all those things, and has even conquered death. Now, scythes are the only ones who can end life, and they are commanded to do so in order to keep the size of the population under control. Citra and Rowan are cho... Oh, wait, where's... My audio is stopping. What is going on? <laughs> can you still hear me? I cannot hear myself anymore. I think I'm still talking, but my... For some reason, I don't hear myself back. I can, I can see that it's still recording, but now I don't know if the people in the chat can still hear me. Yeah, you can hear me also. Okay, so I'm, I'm flying blind. I don't hear myself back on my headphones. Let me plug it back in. Sorry about this. Wow, okay. I think my roadcaster I'll just continue without uh, my headphones. I think my roadcaster just gave up for some reason. Anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, some people in the chat are saying, we can hear you. I just couldn't hear myself anymore. That's weird. So where was I? Uh, I was reading the blurb. Citra and Rowan are chosen to apprentice to a scythe, a role that, Neither once. These teens must master the art of taking life. I, what a concept. Knowing that the consequence of failure could mean losing their own. So that immediately sets the stakes. Scythe is the first novel of a thrilling new series by Neil Schusterman, in which Citra and Rowan learn that a perfect world comes only with a heavy price. I, I love this concept. I've never... Seen this anywhere else. So basically, these two kids or teenagers are becoming the messengers of death. And then, of course, and the book, the first book opens immediately with a scene where there's one of these sites, it's not them, it's not these two, knocks on a door of a family, and of course everybody is like, <gasps> and these sites are 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 feared, but also esteemed, because of course they decide who gets to live and who gets to die. Um, and so there's this like, this, everybody's paralyzed. Are they coming for, for one of us? And then the, the scythe wants to have dinner. And so they serve him dinner and their intention. And I was like, oh, what's he going to do next? And does he like the food? And if not, what are the consequences? And I won't tell you how it ends. But like, the, from the first five pages, I was like, so into the story. And I was like, oh, that's been a long time since I read a story like that, where right from the get go, I am part of that world. Part of that world, <laughs> but anyway, um, and that's that's I that's rare nowadays. There's so many books that I'm reading, especially the high fantasy stuff, where it takes chapters, if not entire books, to get into the story. I mean, remember how much difficulty I had getting into the High Republic first book, um, getting my bearings. And this book, it's just immediately I want to know how it ends and what happens next. And, that. and the premise, of course even from a more philo- philosophical point of view, um, is very interesting. What if there is no more death? What if we don't have to die anymore? Does life even have, make sense anymore if there is no end goal? And, 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 and what does that do to people? And so what if you still need some form of, you know, decision who gets to live and who gets to live forever and maybe who has to die tomorrow? What does that do? Not just to the people who will have to die, but also to the people who have to make those kind of decisions. If you transpose that, of course, to the real world, you say there are actually doctors who, have, who are facing that decision many, many times, where they have to decide, are we going to operate on this person or not? And, 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 and what are the consequences if we don't? For the people that are you know, on a respirator, are we going to continue this or not? What kind of decision are we making? We're, making? we're deciding about someone else's life or death. What does it do to us? Can we even do that morally? You know, what is the value of life? Who gets to decide this? I love this, that this is part I, I Just for that, I want to read what the, this author has to say. Um, now, I, of course, I haven't read the book, so I can give you a review, but it's been a long time since I've been so intrigued... By series, as by by this, and of course, if I if I read some more, I will I will tell you what I think. If you are following me on Goodreads, that's where you can find my um, my reviews. Uh, just look for Father Roderick in, on Goodreads, and if you are on Goodreads, I'd love to uh, uh, have you as a friend over there. Uh, that was the wrong jingle. I know it's. it's oh that it's done playing i think <laughs> I, th- I know this is the jingle for the kitchen so i have to i have to play the jingle's visually now so i'm just watching this green lamp uh, light on my roadcaster and if it's done i know that jingle is done this is this, this is my uh, kitchen segment um i i am so in love with two recipes that i've been preparing lately one is uh, vegetarian Mexican wraps. I, I told this story a while ago. I was, um, I was in Arnhem, which is uh, not far from here. And I'd, I'd seen um, on the internet that they had opened um, uh, a Taco Bell. And, and that's very rare. There are only a few Taco Bell uh, uh, stores... In the Netherlands, or restaurants in the Netherlands, and um, I know that many people don't like Taco Bell at all. But for me, it's just the exact. It's like when Five Guys opened in Utrecht. I went on a pilgrimage to eat at Five Guys because it was a slice of of the United States in my own little wet country, and and that's why I go to IKEA. I, I go there for the Swedish meatballs. There's just Nothing that compares to it. And so anyway, uh, I, I had this burrito and, and a taco. And I'm thinking, you know what? That is so easy to copy. I can make this myself. And so I've been working on perfecting my own Taco Bell type recipe. And uh, at first I did it with ground beef and with black beans. And you, of course you need uh, the, the, the spices, that makes it and then and then the, there is also the, the the cream the the what is it uh, sour cream that's part of the, the the special taste plus grated cheese and some lettuce super simple ingredients so i started to do that with uh, and and make that with wraps i would heat up the wraps i I've, i googled on where i youtube how do you say that i looked it up on youtube how to fold those wraps because i could never do that i, I just always treated it as a pancake but then if you have a wrap and, and and you roll it up like a pancake you take a bite everything falls out on the other side and so i saw on a video there was an instructional video on how to make burritos like um uh like uh, chipotle so in Chipotle, you can order those b- big burritos. And it's incredible how much they can cram into one of those wraps. And it's actually fi- it's very simple. I just followed the instructions. I was like, oh, I can make my own Chipotle now. And so I've been trying that out. And I recently was like, you know what? It's not really for the protein. It doesn't really need the ground beef, actually. It's the spices that make it so... So typical. It's like, what if I replace the ground beef by soy? Um, by uh, what is it? So, soy based uh, ground. It's not beef, of course, but it's the same kind of structure. It, it's very cheap. It's actually a, a, um, That's one of the one of the strange coincidences uh, 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 that comes with this. All uh, the the, old, uh, the price hikes that we see in the inflation, is that now, for the first time, I I've witnessed this. Uh, artificial meat, like fake meat, is cheaper than real meat and it always was the opposite like like ground beef there was nothing cheaper than that well actually it's twice as expensive as it used to be and so i got the vegetarian stuff i just prepared it in a pan with the with the the spices the the mexican spices i cannot taste the difference it is so yummy and you know what one of those burritos fills me up for the rest of the day. I should stop talking about food because it's. I'm recording this in the evening before dinner and I'm getting so hungry right now. And the other thing that I prepared this week, and this too, is something I needed to figure out. Um, so I'm I'm watching a lot of TikTok videos with, with Korean recipes and Japanese recipes. And it was always about tofu. Tofu this and tofu that. And I, I just, as a child, I hated tofu. It was just so, like, why would you eat that? It is just, like rubbery and has no taste whatsoever. But then I see that they make that like fried tofu and crunchy tofu and it's all like marinated and everything. I was like, I need to crack that, that secret. You know, that, that there, is, there must be a way to make this work. Otherwise, why do I see all these videos about tofu? And so it turns out one of the things you have to do is to press the tofu to get rid of all the moisture. Then you have to freeze it so it becomes more chewy, it gets a different structure. And once you unfreeze it and it is like pressed, it it in it absorbs the marinade much better than regular tofu. So that's what I've been doing. It took a lot of work, and of course I didn't have a tofu press, which I still don't have. So I did it the old-fashioned way, so my entire kitchen was covered in in tofu juice. <laughs> But now I have a big container full of tofu-like squares. And whenever I need a bit, I just take it out and I marinate it with uh, uh, oyster sauce and a bit of uh, Japanese soy sauce, um, garlic. I add pepper, salt, and I just let it marinate for an hour. And then how do you make it crunchy? That was the big mystery. I finally figured it out. So simple. I thought you have to use eggs and maybe, I don't know, like breadcrumbs. I was thinking wiener schnitzel. But that's not the way you do it. It's much simpler. You just take the marinated pieces of tofu, put them in a plastic bag or in a container, and you just add either corn flour or regular flour. I just use regular flour. You shake it. And the more more flour you add, the, the crunchier it gets. And then you heat in a pan. You heat oil. I just use peanut oil. And you put in the tofu and you fry it as if you were frying meat or, 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 or French fries. And then it gets all golden brown and then you take it out of the pan, let it cool a little bit. I made some rice, some, you know, some some fried rice with that. I put the, the 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 crispy tofu on top. I took a bite and I was like this is the best thing I've ever eaten that is not meat. <laughs> no, I I don't eat meat that often, but there's nothing that I like more than, for instance, like fried chicken or stuff like that, or like Chinese food with beef and stuff. But this was like, ah, this is what tofu, why do, why did it take 54 years for me to discover that tofu is actually edible and that it's actually delicious provided that you fry it? Man, it was so good. Anyway. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you've plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. I know that this jingle ends with, and there's one more thing, right? I think I pressed the technology button. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but we need to talk. I always talk tech during my, during my shows. Now, last week I told you about uh, uh, how, how much I, I enjoyed the presentation of the uh, iPhone 14 Pro Max, because for the first time in many, many years, I was actually interested in getting an iPhone. And this has to do with my work. Um, so, uh, the, the cameras on the iPhones have always been amazing. And when I was in, in, uh, in Anaheim, um, uh, I was there with Rob Cubasco and he had an iPhone pro max 13 or iPhone 13 pro max. And so he filmed while I was doing stuff. Uh, he basically did a lot of B-roll filming and I was filming with my professional Canon M50. Well, it's not a professional camera, but I do have professional lenses. And so I was using like all the like, the big stuff. And he was just filming with his iPhone 13. And then I, I, he sent me the footage that he shot and the photos. And they, they were like 10 times better than what I had filmed with my professional gear. So I'm thinking, this is amazing. And it's not just, of course, the lenses because it's tiny lenses, but it's, it's all the computing that, that, that Apple does. And so I, I, when I saw that, I thought, how much would I have filmed with a phone instead of having to carry uh, around this heavy camera? I would have, it would have been so much easier to interview people, to film shots. It's so fast and it's lightweight, relatively lightweight, even though as a phone, it's a heavy thing. But as a camera, it weighs nothing. So I was like, okay. And and then he showed me what he had shot with the the what is it, the movie mode where you have the kind of artificial blurred backgrounds. And at, on the iPhone 13, it still looked a little bit wonky, like the edge detection wasn't wasn't very good. But for the iPhone 14 Pro, they improved that entire movie mode and they upped it to 4K resolution. So even if the edges are a little bit blurry and maybe not totally the same as if you would film it with, uh, with a fast lens. It's 4K, so if you, if you reduce that to, to uh, just 1080p, it will look, it will look fantastic. And uh, I've seen demos now, people that have already tested the phone in, in, in real-life circumstances, and I am blown away. I saw a guy who filmed himself like it was a, an entire vlog filmed in a studio. It looked amazing. And it was the blurry background. And he told us, you know, this is filmed with an iPhone. If he hadn't told me, I would have guessed that it was filmed with a Sony A7S three or something like that. So I was like, okay, I, I think that's going to be my next phone. But then, of course, there's also the issue of the price. Now, in the United States, the prices have remained the same. That's awesome. Here in Europe, the prices have gone up and up and up and up because of the inflation, and of course there's also the um, the shortage of components and so Apple decided to play it safe, to create some financial margin for them. and so now all of a sudden, the same iPhone pro Max is more than two hundred euros more expensive. They didn't up the um, uh, the memory and so. If you want to have more memory and 128, uh, what is it, gigabytes? That's not enough if you're filming in 4K. It will fill up immediately, <clears throat> and of course the iPhones don't have memory cards, and so uh, I I need to get at least a 256 version. But that was like 400 bucks more, and, and so uh, like I'd already. Told myself that's just not going to happen because right now, as you know, I don't have an in- income from television work anymore this year, and so I'm literally my life runs on my patrons, and and the patrons I love my patrons, and it's it's I, I've got about two hundred seventy five of them, but it 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 the the, the amount that the the patrons uh, are are bringing together not even enough for me to for my salary and 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 the cost of living and so we thankfully still have some reserves but i also have inge who is our community manager she she has a a contract with us for half time and we have expenses you know the, the, the the electronics and stuff but if you're upside down and we are then of course i'm i'm not going to be able to to buy expensive equipment i have to do with what i have and then uh some of you actually got together and 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 found the resources so i could buy the 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 next iphone and that is just awesome that's just awesome so yeah i did a, a podcast the other week about um uh Kind of like what I'm doing right now, and I've I've I've, I've been struggling with fatigue, um, and that's that's very um, debilitating. I think it's long COVID uh, res- re- residual um, effects. Um, but I also talked about you know how much even though I'm tired, I'm I was I've been pushing myself for months now because I feel like I I got to be there for you uh, because I. I cannot afford losing my audience right now because I would I would lose my if I lose my patrons I lose everything, I I will have to go back to my bishop and ask him you know what and hey, it was nice this adventure in new media but uh, do you have some work for me <laughs> because of that, it's not generating income anymore, um, so and and that keeps like putting me in this 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 constant stress of, of having I need to do more I need to do more and more and more and of course that is. It's it's just what I tell myself, and I got some very good feedback from the community. Like my friend Cliff Ravenscraft recorded a whole uh, um, like half an hour feedback on that, and 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 what he thinks I should do. And I've heard from many of you, you know, we don't want you to to work so hard, and and don't worry, we're we're not going anywhere. Just be yourself. That that's what we want, and and so, uh, but that's that's my mind keeps telling me. Yeah, but that that's what they say, but you know, if this continues, you're going to you're going to burn through your reserves within the span of a, of a year and then it's it's over. The adventure is over. So, uh, but then when I saw that some of you actually up their tears and 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 and, and then just a few just a few of you who who were like subsidizing the purchase of this phone, I'm like, "You know what?" That was not a lie. They really have my back. And so it was a huge encouragement. I I can't tell you how much that meant to me. So anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you. Uh, I I still have to wait. Um, So the money is there. The budget is there. I can get the new iPhone. But unless you buy the base model, you have to wait. So the 128 gig version is available right now even though I, I would have to probably travel to Amsterdam or The Hague to, to go to the Apple store because uh, we don't have any Apple stores nearby where I live. Um, but the 256 model is only going to be available somewhere in October. So it'll st- <laughs> still take some time. Anyway, doesn't matter. I, I haven't had an iPhone for, for five years now. So um, I'll, I'll be fine. I just wanted to share that with you. All right. It's time to uh, start wrapping up things here with the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoy Let me know. I love, I love getting feedback from the community. Um, and I appreciate the time that some of you put into giving me feedback, especially my patrons on, uh, on the discord server. Uh, and also sometimes I just get random feedback from you, even if, you know, something touched you or has affected you or has helped you. um, for me, that's a huge encouragement to hear that it actually helps you. <laughs> it is oftentimes social media is a lot it's giving, 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 and you don't always know if it really hits the mark. And so that f- feedback is very valuable to me, even if it's constructive criticism. I, I need that too. Who else is going to tell me, "Hey, Father Roderick, slow down. You're going to be fine. Don't worry." Anyway, I want to wrap up uh, with the thought of the day. And this is uh, this is a quote that has helped me tremendously. I don't know what the quote, who came up with this quote, but uh, our former uh, director of the board of Tridio uh, kept telling me this, and I've applied this in many situations where I had to make a tough choice. Uh, this this has been such a help. Um, and here it is: if it isn't a clear yes, then it's a clear no that is so true if you if you if someone asks you something and you're like i don't know I, I don't know i don't feel it right now maybe i'll just i'll just wait answer to answer that email it's much better if you don't feel it if you're like yeah just say no it's not the end of the world it's not going to be the end of your relationship with that person Just let your yes be yes, and your no be no. I know who said that. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll talk soon. God bless.